If you have your Bibles, uh, I want to read a passage of Scripture from Exodus chapter 12. And this is really our worship tonight and our Bible uh, study, the few moments that we're going to look at the Scripture, is all about preparing our hearts to observe the Lord's Supper. And so uh, the title of this message is The Final Passover Night. The Final Passover Night. Exodus 12, and I'm reading verses 1 to 13. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it, According to the number of persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire. With unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it, with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff, in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this word, this reminder of what this is all about and what it truly means. Holy Spirit, help us to understand it and use it to cleanse our hearts as we remember what you did for us on the cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Passover is the central event that Jews to this day recognize as that event which defines what it means to be Jew. And for Christians, it is also the central event. It's a, it's a revised Passover, the Lord's Supper is, but it is still the central event that most Christians look to and point to and say that is the defining activity that sets us apart. And all the religions of the world will ask, what makes this faith so unique? What makes this God so unique? And tonight we are reminded that we look at what is the center of this thing, the bloody death of a helpless victim. There is no other religion like that. And God has spoken to Pharaoh in this passage that we're reading, the king of Egypt, and he's telling them to release the Hebrews from the slavery, the bondage, 
the humiliation that they have been enduring for hundreds of years at this moment. And Pharaoh refuses, and you know the story. A series of plagues comes, one after another, after another, making life increasingly difficult for the Egyptians until they are forced by this final plague to let the people go. The final plague comes, and it's described in verse 12 that we read, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. And then in a verse we didn't read, verse 23, he explains how this is going to happen. The Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. When God created the universe, the world that you and I live in, he built into the design of the universe a natural consequence for when you and I sin. When you and I don't live the way he designed the world, designed life to be lived, the way he intended to be lived, there's a consequence to it. If I overwork, I pay a price for my body. If I hold a grudge and I exercise unforgiveness, there's a price that I pay and so on. And that's what these commandments that we read about later are all about. He's trying to show them, this is the way I made life. This is the way I designed it. But this is different. The consequence, the thing that's about to take place, is not a result of individuals like you and me violating this design of the universe that God made. This is different. This is the destroyer coming. This is, for a few hours on that evening, this is the end of time coming and breaking into the, the lives of certain individuals, these Egyptians. And the judgment, this destroyer, this judgment is breaking in for a few hours. And they are experiencing, in a limited way, the full consequence of sin and what it does. The actual destroyer is coming. The one that's going to appear at the end of time. God is saying, I'm about to unleash the most irresistible, the most deadly force in the universe, the destroyer. It's going to go through the greatest military and political power on the planet that the planet has ever seen, Egypt. It's going to go right through it like a knife through hot butter. And there's only one thing that will protect you from this great, awesome, dark power in the universe. And what is it? This. This. A lamb. A lamb. You mean Muffy and... Little Muffy here, you know, this little thing that can't harm anyone, can't, has no strength, has no power. This thing is going to protect me from the judgment, the destroyer at the end of time? Well, that's what he's saying. God says, yes, the only way you're going to be able to face this ultimate force in the universe is this. I want you to kill a lamb, eat it with your family, and put the blood on the doorposts. That's the Passover. And what we're uh, celebrating tonight, what we're observing tonight, is a revision of the Passover. It's a form of the Passover. The Lord's Supper occurred in the context of a Passover, the night before Jesus died. And there are two truths embedded in Passover that I want you to see tonight. First, every one of us deserves to be destroyed. Every one of us deserves to be destroyed. In verse 22, he says, And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And listen, and none of you shall go out of the door of this house 
until morning. You see, the destroyer is coming, and he is no respecter of persons. If you're outside the house, you're going to die, just like the firstborn of the Egyptians or all the animals that are exposed. You need to be protected. You need to be in the house. You know, the Egyptians, they worship false gods. They worship gods that are not true. They worship demons, we discover as we study Scripture. They, they worship those things. And you, you worship the true God. But if you're not in the house, if you are not under the blood on this particular evening, you're going to die too. There is no difference between you and them. You're a sinner. They're a sinner. You need to be covered. You need to be protected. You need a shelter from the coming judgment. If you were to go out that night and thinking that based on my knowledge of Scripture, my commitment to doctrinal soundness and doctrinal purity, because of my moral character, I'm going to go out there in the night and I'm going to face judgment on my own, you would die a certain death. And so I want you to know that every one of us deserves to be destroyed, but I also want you to see this, the second truth. There's only one way of escape. There's only one way of escape. You see, every firstborn son sitting in the Hebrew house that night was looking, was looking at this lamb on the table that had been sacrificed and its blood had been spilt and it had been devoured, eaten by the family. And he's looking at that. He says, you know, the only reason I'm alive, the only reason I'm alive is because that died. Because that creature died. It took my place. And when you and I come to the Lord's table, we should be in as much awe as that young Hebrew boy. When we look at the elements of the Lord's Supper, we should be in as great a sense of, of uh, trembling and a sense of true fear that it could have been me. I deserved this, and this one took my place. The Lord's Supper was part of the Passover meal. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he gathered his disciples together, and he said, let's observe the Passover meal. And so they go up into the upper room, and uh, they sit down at the table, and there were two things that they saw right away that were absolutely stunning to them, total surprises. They were shocks to their system. The first thing was this. Jesus was sitting at the head of the table, which meant that he was the presider of the meal. And in the observing of the Passover, the presider is the one who tells uh, the story, who explains why we're gathered together at the table. And usually the presider would say something like this traditionally. He would make this statement. This is the bread of our affliction. Our ancestors suffered in the wilderness so we could be free. Let, hear that again. This is the bread of our affliction. Our ancestors suffered in the wilderness so we could be free. Here's the shock. Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. He's saying, I'm the one that is suffering. Not our ancestors, but I'm the one that is suffering so that you can be set free. And they heard that. They heard it loud and clear. This is my body, and, um, and I am the presider over the meal, he says. But now it's my suffering that's going to be the ultimate liberation for you. That was a shock. They weren't expecting that. There was a second shock. When he stood up, the disciples looked at the table. They looked down, and something was missing. Normally, there were three things there on the table. There was the bread. 
and Jesus was breaking the bread. There were three cups of wine, and Jesus would take the cup of wine. But as they looked at the table, there was no lamb. No lamb is ever mentioned in Scripture sitting on that table the night they observed the Lord's the, uh, Passover. No lamb. Where's the lamb? Where are we going to find the lamb? Who is the lamb? The lamb was at the head of the table. The lamb was Jesus. He was the one who was the sacrifice. He was already there. And this is profoundly better than the old Passover. In the old Passover, I stood, stayed in the house under the blood and I was safe. This Passover is different. I can now go outside because this lamb forever steps in and takes my sin from me. He takes my sin on himself and he, he takes the punishment. This Passover doesn't have to be repeated. This is the final Passover on the night that we found the first Lord's Supper. This is the final one. And all we do is in remembrance. We're not reenacting something that we desperately need to happen. We're, we're reenacting something that has already happened. So I can go into the future without fear. John the Baptist understood this when he first saw Jesus. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This one is totally different. Jesus also taught us to share this meal like a family, just like the families did for centuries as they observed the Passover. And the mom's there and the dad's there and the grandparents there and the children are there. And they said, what does all this mean? And as you and I look in, at each other and we say, why did this happen? What does it mean? We should understand that it means simply this, that at the very moment that he died, he died for me. That the very moment and instant he died, he took my place. On the cross, all the elements of the final judgment showed up. Darkness, wrath poured out. The punishment for sin arrived like a destroyer on the night of Passover. But when I trusted him, when you trusted him, that future judgment for you and me, it's already done already done and that's why the Bible says that in the day of judgment you and I can have boldness boldness in the day of judgment because of what he's already done for us I am safe and you are safe if you know Jesus and we do this in remembrance of him after we worship the Lord we're going to observe the Lord's Supper together we're not going to give an invitation tonight, but at the end of the service, myself and the other pastors will be down front. We'll be here to talk with you and pray with you and talk with you about your relationship to God. We participate in this Lord's Supper as people who have trusted Jesus Christ and Him alone for our salvation and for the forgiveness of our sins. And we have become part of the family of God in that way. If you're not a Christian tonight, you wouldn't want to enter into this observance. But every believer here, you are welcome to join in and participate with us. Let's continue to worship the Lord together now.